Hey! Welcome to the Call Her Auntie podcast. My name is Grace, and we are so glad you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life in the city. So if you're on those dreadful morning commutes or on the subway, wherever you are, we hope you're listening to us and relating to our experience because both Quay and I have been there. Okay, you guys ready? Hey, y'all. Thanks for coming back. You know that our favorite um, guest has been back for a couple episodes to co-host with us. Um, you know, it's our girl, Faith. Gwei, everyone. So happy to be able to join in on Color Auntie podcast and also share some uh, beautiful Auntie Soguis from Mi'kma'ki. And uh, today we had Suzanne Brooks from Millbrook First Nation, my community, on. And Millbrook uh, heavy the past two episodes. (laughs) Yes. And she has, uh, you know, she's traveled the world and she's lived in Europe and uh, she got to share a bit about her education and healing journey with sobriety. Yeah. It was a really good, really good episode. I'm really excited for you all to listen to um all of it but also more more to the ending about how she talks about like getting rid of shame and mm-hmm. really asking for help because I think that's something we all struggle with so um I don't know I guess without further ado we hope you enjoy it yes Namoktas. and Faith has been bringing in her pals and today we have somebody really exciting really cool Faith do you want to give a little more intro Yes. Gwei, everyone. Uh, so happy to be able to introduce um, my good friend, my bestie, Suzanne Brooks. She is uh, she's a mom of a preteen and she's an auntie. And we call Auntie Suquis. Uh, she's a wellness advisor for the Nova Scotia Native Women's Association. Traveler. She has her bachelor's in Mi'kmaq studies, uh, social work. And she's also done travel and tourism diploma. And uh, she's won beauty pageant. And uh, she has, uh, she's also working on a non-registered social worker. And uh, I think that's really interesting and look forward to hearing more about, about you. So welcome, Suzanne. Thank you. So excited to be here. And to have this moment for me to listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) So what is life like with the preteen? Oh my goodness, it's fun. I I honestly (laughs) love being a mom. Um, I I didn't become a mom till I was 30, which we know in in our our ways, that's like an old maid. (laughs) Okay, well... (laughs) We're yeah. gonna be older, yeah. Babe, so you're there. Yeah, which is so, like, and I'm totally all for that because, like, a lot of my friends did have children younger, right? And my yeah. sister, being one of them, I think she was uh, 19 when she first started having her babies, and uh, she has four now. And uh, but that was her path, and she loved it. Like, she's very was young and was right in there with them, like you know, doing a lot of the sports and, um, and then when I had my daughter at 30, I. I was just as happy. Like it was just yeah. as much fun. Right. And she has her cousins to enjoy that life with. So every year, something different, something fun. Like we're really, it's exciting still holding the magic and 
you know, mm-hmm. doing the Christmas and the Santa and yeah, I just love it. She's fun. She's can go anywhere. She's my best friend. We do everything oh, together. Like, yeah. Like going to glow or, you know, we make things out of like a parade in the city. It's like, let's get a room and oh yeah, um, experience that. So it's fun. Cause it's like, having a partner, you know, like a little partner in crime that likes to do things that I like to do too. Sometimes like Mm -hmm. not everything, but majority of the time we were like the same person. She's, she's (laughs) very, she likes to socialize, but she's also an introvert. So I find creator gave her to me to like settle me down and like get that perspective of like being home and enjoying home. Right. Instead of just always go, go, go and being busy. She's, she's a homebody. So it's like Balancing okay out. oh yeah. yeah we and I challenge her as well on that other like to get out yeah. right and yeah. make herself be seen and be a community member I'm really big on community and um participating in you know community events and she knows mm-hmm. that so she's I, I was raised with those morals and I doing my best to raise her with the same right to be a mm-hmm. kind person and be in community and help others when needed and Anywho, yeah. I like Sorry, the way I you framed that when you were, you were like, oh, like that creator's gift was to like settle me down or something. Because I'm always like, I have two brothers and I'm and all I only have like boys around me, so I'm so I'm like I feel like I'm so wild, but I'm like there there must be a reason. <laughs> like if, any, if anybody's supposed to wrangle these dudes, I guess it's me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is your biggest? Um, what is your biggest worry right now? My biggest worry or challenge? Yeah. What is your biggest challenge? On the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) For our listeners, it is E-L-F-S-H-E-L-F, right? Yes. Yeah. That's what she said. How do you think of everything new every day? Like I see my girlfriend do it and I'm like, yeah. How how did how did this thing make a mess? And like how did you make it so cute? Like how, right? how do you make them? Yeah. Yeah. No, you just uh, Google. Like we do anything. <laughs> yeah. Google. But other people did. I'm good. Yeah. No, that's fun though. It's just for the month, right? So it's those memories. Like my got daughter's nine. So it and she's my only one. So we don't have much time, right? So just make the most of everything that you can and <laughs> just yeah. go for it. <laughs> I but know. As, I think the other challenge, I think, is just like I was saying, just balance in life in general, like making time for myself to like get to work out and making sure work gets what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the balance of keeping a home as a single mom, like just the whole like, okay, I know I need to get groceries today. Like that's probably that's going to be my one goal as I learned mm-hmm. through therapy. Like I'll have, a, I'm a very much like a type A Capricorn to do lists all day long. Okay. And then I'll overwhelm myself. Right. Where I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like I've been meaning to do that. I've been meaning to do that. And she said, Suzanne, just make it like, if things become too overwhelming, just pick one thing today. If there's one thing you can get done today, do that. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. let's, let's Prioritize. minimize. I like that. Prioritize. Yeah. I so I have days like that too, where I just overdo it on my, on my list. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Quay. <laughs> I just like yeah, pulled she's this showing us it. her giant 
uh, list of things to do. And it's like two lists, not even one. I have two yeah, categories. Two, and two categories. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good way too, just to kind of get over that hump of like, or those blocks is just, mm-hmm. being, just choose one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good strategy. I need to try that today because I, I got things to do today. End of semester yep. vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't miss I that. I had a lady do not the lady so I did this fellowship and then I had a mentor and I asked her because she 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 has a she ran her own business she ran a podcast she did all these things and she she was a mom of two and I was like I can barely do this now how do you do it like I need the tips for the future and she said for the work only she has three no matter emails will come in your emails will come in your inbox and how to put out fires if you can do pick three things for the day to get done um then that that's what you need to prioritize every day at work so mm. similar thing similar vibe but yeah answering an email is not as big as getting groceries for your child's uh, survival <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no worries so I want to know like or well I know a bit but where did you um like tell us about where you grew up and where did you go to school and uh, yeah, just what did you go to school for and how that transitioned to what you're doing now? Oh, big questions. No, just <laughs> I, uh, so I grew up in Millbrook First Nation um, with a third. So out of Nova Scotia, we have like 13 communities, like 13 First Nations reservations. Ours is like the third biggest, I think, as of I, the last that I knew of I'm not sure if you know faith the difference um but yeah grew up on reserve but went to school off reserve we all did we don't have any schools that are within community so you know um always had been with non-natives for schooling right throughout um my whole school schooling I should say um after high school I did go to um a cohort that was brought right to the community, which was amazing. I loved it because it was all community members doing our Bachelor of Arts and they would bring in, bring in um, professors to do our, like, um, what would it be called? Like our cohort, like our program. modules? Yeah, the modules. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I loved it because it was Mi'kmaq focused and Mi'kmaq centered. So we would learn... Um, biology but learn about like you know the plants and what our ancestors did with the plants and so it was amazing that way like and when it was art it was like Mi'kmaq art and Mi'kmaq you know storytelling and I learned a lot about our history when I took that um my, my undergrad degree so I did get that I believe I graduated like 2005 um and then I kind of was trying to figure out what I was going to do after that because I knew I had my undergrad and but I wasn't sure about what I wanted to do after like so there was a point of just like working in the school system working uh, I've always been a worker worker bee I should say right from the giddy up if I was going to school I was working too like even in high school junior high summer camps um, running summer camps it was just always had a good work ethic that way um and so I was always juggling both and then um I did go away I think it was I at a young age probably about 17 I started volunteering um as like a youth 
to go with Nova Scotia Native women like across the country, like to be a Nova Scotia youth rep. And that kind of just got me my first foot out the door from the Atlantic provinces, right? So my mom yeah. always made sure we were traveling like New Brunswick and PEI, like what she could afford as a single mom on social as well. She would save up and we would do that. But um, once I got the opportunity to travel, like to Winnipeg and like, I know it's Winnipeg, but it but, was so cool. Cause that was my first time like being on a plane and yeah. getting out. But like, it, it, I never seen old news like in such mass masses. I was like, because here we're so like, you know, mm-hmm. overrun mm-hmm. with non-Indigenous people, I should say that, you know, we were the minority, but there, they, I was like, they were everywhere working. Like, I was so cool to see brown people <laughs> like, <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> like working in banks. And, but it was also that, that part that I hadn't seen with people um, living in the streets and women right. that were in mass, like missing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my first introduction um, when Sisters in Spirit first came out, I'm going to age myself. I'm going to be 40 this month. <laughs> That's when I was there, when they first launched the very first Sisters in Spirit campaign in Winnipeg. Wow. Yeah. So that was eye-opening because I, I was seeing these missing posters and it wasn't called the RCMP or call this hotline. It was like, call this auntie. Yeah. Um, right? Like, call me, call this direct number. And I was like, shocked like this would have been 20 some years ago right when the first mr murdered inquiries were coming out and um we had had murders here in nova scotia but not to the extent that i was seeing across the country and i was like wow like it was eye-opening it was sad it was heartbreaking but it was also good to see so many indigenous women coming together and being like we're gonna we're gonna bring this up we're gonna push this and it was our women that were pushing the the envelope and doing the inquiries themselves so that right there like pushed me to continue to do that work um one of the things once I got to because I had gotten my degree you know but I was doing Nova Scotia Native work on the side as a youth and we were like what could we do as a youth youth team and um we had come up with a package that people like a safety package for university for Mm. when you leave like how to get help or how to find help in your local universities. Um, I'm so grateful now that they have aunties in community now or aunties in university and mm-hmm. more established to help indigenous uh, people when they do leave the reserve. Cause that was probably the hardest. Like I loved traveling, but when I actually started moving out on my own I found it so yes. hard on my heart because I missed yeah. my community and mm-hmm. I missed making those connections. Like my first, um, I got an internship and went to Finland for a year um, teaching. Um, you just needed an undergrad, but I think it was like 13 of us were chosen from across Canada. I was the only one from Atlantic and it was a paid internship and uh, it was lonely. <laughs> like, I don't know about you guys, but when you go out and try to find your peoples, it's hard. When you're in a Nordic country where mm-hmm. they... it's cold and it's cold and they're cold yeah (laughs) how do I make community here I mean I did but it took a while right yeah I think that the biggest thing that hurts your heart or the biggest thing that hurts my heart about not being in community is like okay when I go do something little the person doesn't know me like when I go to the gas station that's not like that's not Trevor from Mm. Like, I don't know, I don't know who they are. Or like, when I go to the gym, like, that's not, 
Ashley. I like, I'm not going to see people that I know. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that like, um, that was such a big thing to me on, on my, from, from me and my heart when I, I lost my mom in 2016. And then I took a year break and I moved home, but I was like, I cannot operate in this city with a broken heart and not mm. have my community around me. So mm-hmm. going home and like having those little touch points of like, oh no, they know who I am. Mm-hmm. That was like a really big thing. And I think me and Grace talk about that all the time where we're like, it's just like the smallest things of like being back home. Those like comforts. Mm those yeah comfort um yeah I did and I don't want to breeze past really uh, what you had mentioned about missing and murdered indigenous women and like you were there for the sisters in spirit Virgil in Winnipeg and all the stuff that came across or not came across all the stuff that's still happening today in the news yesterday in the news with Mm -hmm. the serial killer so I just wanted to like lightly remind people that we're not gonna I'm not really gonna dive into that here right now but we want everyone to take take good care of themselves and if they're mm. getting you know reach out to people talk to people because this has been going on you know this has been going on like you said for how 20 years you, you were talking about when 20 plus years yeah plus I was years, probably so, a teenager yeah. then yep we're in this for the long haul to protect our women but if you have to take a break and take time for yourself please do that um but to jump back on what we were talking about Faith what were you gonna say Oh, I mean, even with uh, being away from home, you really did have to try to find your people, even when you're away. And um, I know, like, I am aware that Suzanne became really good friends with um, an Italian guy, and they have a very fun culture, you know, and relatable in a way. Because they're like, they like to, you know, they're very into food and into, you know, connecting with people. And, and what's neat is I went to a Nordic country, uh, Denmark, and I had an Italian guy on my team and he became my bestie. <laughs> when traveling. But are they into food and like, are they into you or are they like into <laughs> making friends in general? probably all the above (laughs) (laughs) your experience then yeah so when I did go to Finland um I lived in Kokola which is like in the middle of Finland right between like the North Pole and Helsinki and it was like the second biggest town so it was also like home to um a business university, I believe it was. So there was people from all over Europe that lived in the same like compound that I lived in, I guess you could say it was like a university living, right? Um, So my, my one girlfriend that I lived with was from Hungary, and the other one was from Germany. And then next door, they were Polish. And the next door, they were from Ghana. And it continued like that throughout all these little like, university buildings so it was really nice because we were all the same age and they were there you were either there for an internship or a voluntary service um to kind of get like figure out what you wanted to do with school it's like a year leave from school right the European voluntary service and then they're um or they were in university so there was three guys from Italy and their parents would like send them like packages of like cheese and (laughs) like blocks of cheese and mittens and it was super cute but yeah Christian became like my bestest friend we're still really close I actually 
So we became uh, besties while we were there because they just loved cooking, hanging out. <laughs> we would just sit for hours. You know, when you go to your, like, <laughs> I remember when I was first with my um, Keegan's father, he's non-Indigenous, like from town and he would come and we'd go hang out at my mother's for like three hours and then yeah. four hours, have supper, hang yeah. out, just sit there, watch TV together. And then the next day he's like, where are you going? I'm like, to my mom's. And he's like, yeah. weren't we there yesterday? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be there every day. The hanging doesn't stop. <laughs> that's where we what hang out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. You know what? The we best thing. <laughs> I think that's what, why me and Faith got along so well. Because <laughs> for some reason, like, we just clicked. And it was yeah. literally like, hey, I'm going to watch this show. Okay, I'll be right over. <laughs> like that was basically what say to me when I'm like oh what are you doing tonight I'm gonna watch this okay I'll be right over and yeah. it's like we just yeah made food hung out watched it watched shows and I don't yeah. know what that is but that's like <laughs> yeah it's like this ultimate like I don't know it, and it was funny because those guys did it too like yeah it was just that that sense of like oh, you're here? Okay, I'm going to be here too. And it wasn't even that you were doing the same thing always. It was like, no. I'm just going to lay in bed and, you know, be on my phone. Okay, cool. I'm going to go write this paper. All right. And just like to know someone's there. Because like growing up, I had sisters and I had my mom and mm -hmm. we never had a quiet house. The TV was always on, right? right. So you yeah. got used to living in chaos of like, I can't write a paper without something on. Like without I'll somebody else yeah. here. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have to go now now that I'm back in school I have to go to like Starbucks to really get work done so I'll be <laughs> in my I'll be in my apartment and I'm like it's just me and my cat here or I'll even invite my old roommate Faith Tammy who lives in the same building I'm like oh I'm gonna watch a show and do my paper do you want to come hang and she'll be like yeah coming right down <laughs> <laughs> that's so convenient <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then family just got so bonded um because I stayed a little longer I still wanted to travel while I was there like once mm -hmm. I finished internship I just extended my plane ticket and then he's like just stay with me like we'll just share a room no big deal and um then I would travel on my time off right like go to Tallinn or go to Ireland Scotland because Ryanair there is so cheap wow. so I would just like on a budget stay in hostels where you can meet like awesome people like everyone's just doing the same thing right just going for the experience like just living their best life like I remember like dancing in the airport for like a dollar just to get some chips like, was, like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay wait but did you ever hook up with that guy no can you tell us okay can you tell us off air if you want yeah. to us on air I, and that's the thing like I think like people really thought we had a relationship or something happened and it never did like it I went to Sicily and lived with them for three months after Finland like how long later Faith? probably like three years later or two years later I can't remember but I went to Sicily and like yeah. lived with them again <laughs> and I was there yeah. for three and you never hooked up no wow and that was just and still time. friends too after all these years yeah he just had a baby and we're planning to meet up in Greece <gasps> when that's so Gor fun gorgeous girlfriend she's this tiny little beautiful blonde thing from um I don't remember what country she's from right off the top of my head but we've been just sending pictures updating Aww. each other 
Yeah. So we're thinking next year um, of meeting up and he's like a completely sober guy. He, oh, I yeah. was there and he would always take care of like Suzanne, let's get you home or whatever. Right. Cause he never drank or smoked in his life. Like wow. completely everyone he, I knew, like his parents, when we went to his house, they would have wine with dinner and he's like, mm-hmm. no, just for my thing. He taught himself English by watching friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. English there. Like, unless you're self-taught or you, you know, That's, so, yeah. isn't that something yeah. yeah. So how does he feel like you've been on, you know, your CrossFit and healing journey, getting fit. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like you've to share a bit own, about yeah. that? Pardon? Oh, about my journey? Yeah. Um, CrossFit has been exciting. I love it. I wish I found it earlier in my oh. life. Like, I wish I fit. Yeah. Yeah. Functional the one fitness. Where- Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got 20 minutes and you're going to bang out as many rounds as possible. Go. And it's like, step up, burpee, step up. Now let's do, you know, as heavy as you can go on a deadlift. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Challenging. Yeah. But it's exciting. Like there's been times I've cried. Oh, really? People (laughs) like, cause (laughs) it's challenging that it's like, you get up here then like, (laughs) yeah. like jumping doing jump ups where like pull myself up to just you know start getting work here and I'd be like I can't do it and they're like you're gonna do it like (laughs) well get up here and do it with me and they're like okay so (laughs) okay I hear you now I hear what you're saying it's like it, it is that sense of community too and like um teamwork and like yeah yeah that camaraderie camaraderie you're like together I I experienced a little bit of that I think what you're saying and it is so cool like I went to F45 and that's probably not the same thing as CrossFit but it's like they were yelling at you to like get up there but they were yelling at you like you can do it put on another strap you can can't put on another one (laughs) so hard to do it and they're like don't stop that's good enough keep going and I'm like But to then say, talk about here what you're saying about like you're giving it back and like you have that you're giving it back because you have that safety. Yeah. So like, oh, I, I hear you now. That's so cool. Yeah. So my friends, um, Chris and Kristen, their husband and her husband is a trainer, and he had gotten his trainers um a long time ago and they would crossfit at boxes in the city and not in the city in town here mm-hmm. and when uh, the pandemic hit, they started building their own box. So it's just like literally up by Alicia's yeah. um, right on the res here. And, uh, w- and it's flexible, like with our, all of our time schedules, we'll just throw it in the Facebook group, like who's down to what at this time. And we all follow it on our phone. So if I don't make it there, I can do my own prescribed workout um, at the rec that I belong to, like the gym here. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just love that yeah the building and then to see your strength build and to be like oh. I couldn't do that last year like mm-hmm. there was like I started started out with like the beginner's version every every workout has like you know a barbell version or a um a different dumbbell version and then like a beginner's version of that day's workout and now it's like I'm always doing programming like that's the you know that one that 
it's like 500 row and then do this many overheads and yeah. then another Oh, and I'm finishing with the guys that have been doing it for years, right? Yeah. Maybe not as heavy as of weight, but, but I'm still up. So I'm like, yes, like just to see that progress, it feels so good. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That is such a- and she's really strong. Like, <laughs> so strong. I believe it. I believe that Native women have so much strength, just innate strength in their, their muscles. Right? Yeah. Because and, it but- really is lifestyle. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I wish more. I, so like I say, I wish I found it earlier, but everything comes to us when it should. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're ready for it. And I was ready at that time. I was a year into my sobriety. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I need something else. And that's mm. what that just kind of gave me that extra push. Now, if I can get my eating under control, <laughs> it's over for everyone. <laughs> it's over yeah. for all you guys. <laughs> questions and hear more about your healing journey specifically on um your sobriety what when did it start what has been your challenges and then um like some tips if people are sober curious like what are what what do you what would you say if someone's like I'm thinking and you're like okay you're ready or would what would you say to somebody tell us Mm, um for me I was sick for a long time and it was a lot like it was one of those things where I didn't want to say it because once I said it out loud, then I would have to do something about it. So it was just kind of ignoring it. I was a closet drinker. So yes, I drank with my friends and my family, but I wouldn't drink to the extent I would as when I'm alone. And it was a lot. It was getting up to be about a quarter day. Um, and, but I would be fully, and especially with the pandemic, it really allowed me to hide because I would be home and I've always shared my daughter. So I would have my weekends alone and it, so just kind and then I had lost my mother, um, two years ago now, and it was in June. And then I kind of really spiraled. It was spiraling mm. for a while, but then that just really like not dealing with it, hurt, broken. Mm. And then I started like getting to a point where I was like going to the hospital. Cause my heart, like, I felt like, like my anxiety, cause I wasn't sleeping. You don't sleep when you're an alcoholic. Um, so it was, uh not sleeping, going to the hospital, like something's going to happen. Something's going to give. And then my sister kind of just called me out my, you know, you get your auntie come in and be like, listen, this is it. This is enough. You're going to stop this today. Cause I was like day mm. drinking. And I was like, well, nobody's home. I don't got my daughter. I'm just cleaning mm. and trying to really like, you know, and then when she came and we got into it and I tried to get back in her face. And then when she left, I was like, fuck, no, this is it. I got to do something. Mm. And I told her later on, I'm sorry, I, I was so mean back to you, but I was in a defense mode and, mm. um, but, uh, this is it. So once I said it, I said it out loud, like I'm an alcoholic, I'm going to get help. Um, I called our local community, um, social worker here. And I said, listen, I got to get into a program like ASAP. And, uh, she's like, okay. And she gave me some numbers and, uh, I couldn't even call sober. Like I couldn't even call I was so didn't want to, you know, admit it. So I would wait. I'd have to get the liquid courage to even call the places, but they expect it. They know. They, oh, yeah. They, yeah. So, okay. All right, Suzanne, they take, they do my intake and then tell me to call back. So, um, 
they want I didn't realize like they want you to be sober before you go into a treatment program. But I did that with my local um, health center doctor and the nurse like and did a full week of like Ativan just to sleep and not have any seizures or anything. Okay. Um, and then I sober got sober on December 15th. Like that was my sober. that was oh. my end. I did a full week of like Ativan before Christmas because my my check-in date to rehab was going to be on or not rehab yeah rehab not detox I was detoxing at home on my own um in a safe way though with doctors and nurses like checking in on me during the day okay. um like I would go check in with them and stuff like and uh so yeah you have to do an like a I think it's Ativan or is it it's something I forget mm-hmm. I'm not um and then uh so that was December 15th was my last drink I got through Christmas, like it was a week of detoxing. Um, my daughter stayed with her grandparents and her dad for that week. And then she mm-hmm. came home through Christmas. My birthday is the 27th of December, got through New Year's. And then off I went on January 2nd and stayed for a full month. I didn't leave. I didn't go anywhere other than my walks outside. Um, yeah. Full month treatment program. And it was like the best gift to myself I've ever done. It was a lot of mm-hmm. soul searching and like um the shame really came up like Mm -hmm. you really have to talk about that and make it be like oh like okay maybe like once you say things it's like it takes away their power over you right right so it was just like getting that help and then staying accountable to like my AA groups after like once I came home right a lot of the times it's people's coming home that's the hardest but I was so grateful actually Faith was staying at my house while I was away and I was like Faith I'm coming home can you get rid of all my drink like my shot glasses and my glass like because you're coming home back to the environment that allowed you to spiral right so how am I going to change this so that I can keep it up Mm -hmm. um the best gift I gave to myself ever and my family and my daughter like it was it's been it'll be two years on the 15th and I'll be 40 wow. on the <laughs> congratulations <laughs> oh my gosh I'm so proud so of you we're less unfortunately we're running out of time oh. and I hope that we can have you come back for a part two sometime what a good way to end this without announcement though wow yeah congratulations, congratulations. and I share my story as much as I can because I know a lot of us out there struggling and mm-hmm. still struggle. Like you never know when that urge is going to come up. So you just have to make sure you have your things in place, right? Like that you've gotten the help or that you have doctors on the call or like, like for me, CrossFit, right? It gets that I'm a um, hyperactive and very anxious person. Yeah. So your podcast, Andy's know that life can be tough. And we want to end our episode with promoting the Hope for Wellness talk line. The Hope for Wellness um, helpline offers immediate help to all Indigenous people across Canada. It is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to offer counseling and crisis intervention. Life can be tough and we've all been there. So call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca. And remember that your podcast entities love you.